I invented yeah. a straw, a top of straw the other day. Keep your straw thing to yourself. <clears throat> My family are functioning alcoholics almost across the board. See that chair it used to be gone. If it turned out koalas were good for erections, we'd be dragging them out of the trees. So much, so much frothing. So much frothing. I didn't even get stomped on the dick. That's my junk. Yeah, put it away. That's good. Do you want me to do an intro? What, 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 what do we want to do for our intros? Like, welcome to. Hey, Andy, do you want to do that shit? Or is it like, welcome to the episode? We've got a bit of chat about this, this, and this for you? Yeah, I reckon. Um, whatever you reckon. This could All be right, the intro. Let me do it. Like, we could talk about what we want the intro to be, and that could be an intro. That'd be really... Right. So that means I've already done it then. Exactly. But nah, you Fuck kind yeah. of... What is this episode going to be about, Was. Uh, well, fuck, man. It's been a long time since we caught up, so I feel like there's too much froth involved. I have to, as usual, downsize the froth in the episode because we've both, both been on adventures. We haven't um, podcasted this, well, once this year, have we? That's Mid- it. Mid-Jan. Yeah, I was trying to then too, that's the it. I think going this long in between, there's too much. Well, sometimes not much happens, but this time stuff's happened. So there's too much froth, which is good. We'll try and condense the froth. It's condensed froth, episode 49. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I like it. I got a yarn for you as well. I have something I haven't told you about. Um, a good little adventure story that we had a little mistake. But, you know, we'll get to that. Hopefully, we'll Ooh. get to that. There's a teaser to stick around. Um, Did you fuck episode. up? <laughs> we fucked up, basically. I love that. A team effort. You, you <laughs> yeah. fuck up less and less as you get older, so it's good to to fuck up every I, now yeah, and then. Yeah, I feel like this one's overdue, but we'll get there. Um, <laughs> we'll get there anyway. To it. Um, mate, you've set up a new shop you've been putting in. You said you were going to do this, and you have. You've yep. set up a new store online. We own a website now. Yeah, we own, real. we own the website, one, that's the number one, otw.com.au. There's nothing on the website at the moment. Um, but if you go to one, otw.com.au slash shop, that's where you can find all the merch. And we just got an order of new t-shirts. We've got black ones, we've got white ones, we've got navy blue ones uh, with a logo on the front, some with a logo on the back as well. Um, something for everyone in the shirt department. It's the AS color shirts. They're, they're schmicko. Um, yeah, so they're, they're good to go. And anyone waiting on an order, um, it's in the mail. And apologies for the delay. But the T-shirt business is a tricky, tricky business. What else have we got? We've got stubby was, holders. You can buy stubby holders. You can always buy stubby holder stickers. And today I got magnets. Fuck knows why I bought magnets, but I'm really glad that I did. And they're sick. <laughs> So we've got magnets to buy. They'll be coming out with a shirt. You buy a shirt, you get a magnet, maybe, if I can get them to you in time. Um, Free they're, magnets they're pretty in the, cool. per shirt. Yeah, That's was, amazing. Um, the first ones are going out to Cakehead or whoever that was that um, ordered a shirt in, in December in a size we didn't have and we finally got it in. Yeah. We don't have a claim, claim to be onto this uh, you know, online shop sort of stuff. We're new to it. We're learning. It's coming at you, Cakehead. Well, the other thing with um, Cakehead is that I told him back in December that we've got to wait for the shirts, but Waz will send you the stubby holder in the meantime to tide you over. But you never did, did mm. you? Then- no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, it all works out in the end because you get free magnets. So we look after yeah. the customer, don't worry. Coming at you, Cakehead. You got a drink um, tonight, Andy, for our little catch-up? Yeah, I do. 
So I think last pod I was off the booze. I was going to take all Jan off the booze, but um, we might talk about it later. But I went to Tasmania, caught up with old mates, didn't quite make it. Um, so I made it to like the 23rd, something like that. Good effort, maybe. Uh, so what I've got, what I'm going to do, I'm going to test some of these low-carb beer offers each episode and see if any of them are any good. Because generally good. they're shit, right? Like um, what's the classic low-carb? The um, Oh, pure blonde. I don't mind that. Bit of pure blonde. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, so it's light. They they changed their marketing though. Now they've gone organic pure blonde. I think they they changed the demographic angle. So just on principle, I'm off it. I well, want chemicals in my beer. I found out about one of another one. I can't think what it's called, but it's um yeah. A chick was saying, oh, can you pick up a six pack of? I think it's Carlton something, but it's like organic, low low carb, whatever. So they have changed the demographic. But I saw this one today. It's the Cooper's Dry. It's even coloured the same as the the Tui's. Um, but yeah, low carb. I'm going to just taste it live on air. We'll see if it initial reaction. Out of a one off the wood stubby holder. Sounds like a beer. Yeah, it's not bad. Are we going ASMR sort of shit mm. now? <laughs> this, is, this is a new episode. Just us gurgling drinks. Anyway, so I've got the Coopers. <laughs> Coopers dry. <laughs> Careful. ASMR is dangerous. <laughs> you can drown in a glass of water. Your parents told you that. <laughs> and you are. Oh, was his drowning? <laughs> oh, God. I just poured straight gin into my lungs. <laughs> oh, shit. Don't drown in gin. That's tragic. Oh, well. <clears throat> anyway. Sorry, carry on. Uh, that's it. It is a lot of carry on. I'll let you know what I think of it at the end of it and we'll compare it to some others next episode, if I remember. Uh, well, there, there you go. There's an insight. I've, um, I've tried to be off the beers just for the Cut the Carbs session. The Tin Monster did a number on me over Christmas and I've been limiting the beers. I got on some mid-strength emu drafts, the blue cans, um, yep. recently. And I've got a party tax, one single beer for the evening, the uh, Colonial... Brewing Co., the small batch. Small batch? Is that what it's called? Small bitch. You know the one. I think. Oh, just the small ale. That's the one. Small mm. ale, this one. Um, I've got one of those, just a party tax. Someone left it in my car, so it's mine now. Um, but yeah, that and the gin and waters. So that's what we've got off the wood. That's what we do. That's what we Is talk that about. The um the red the red gin, the rose gin, or you've branched out since then? It's a, it's pink. a pink gin, the uh, yeah, French craft pink gin it's become my favorite i've tried out a few lately um, i think you were drinking that one, last episode like three weeks ago yeah well since then i've oh yeah i drank half that bottle i was well pissed at the end of that i was um yeah i was dusty as the next day oh just on that we were making 2020 predictions and i think a couple of them, 2021 predictions and i think a couple are already on the way of coming true like, are the really? Olympics, what do you got? Aren't the Olympics cancelled? Or is that something you sent me that was speculating? Well, Tokyo think that they're um, still going ahead. Tokyo are talking about it. They're like, well, okay. there'll be no quarantining. It's so breakdancing coming at you. <laughs> what the fuck? You can do breakdancing we'll by Zoom anyway. So I don't see why anyone need to travel. Like Most sports That's you can do from Zoom. Just, just time it. It's they should home. just have YouTube. Just um, submit your own clip, basically. Kind of like what they did with the WSL with the... Um, uh, what was that event? The Triple Crown. Triple they Crown. made it submit your clip from the wave, but no actual competition. Yeah, just submit your 100 metres 
with your time at yourself. <laughs> <laughs> get your dad to um, sit at the starting line with a timer and a gun and everyone yeah submits it I think I don't think there's yeah. any reason why why we'd have to travel for the Olympics it's out of date no well that's that's good um, I met a girl the other day who's uh, representing Australia in uh, the old our favourite you wouldn't believe it synchronised swimming oh really yeah <laughs> the uh, underwater aerobics the original combination sport that of breath hold, uh, dance, uh, music. I think they should have to play their own music. That would be a real element to it. Then I'd watch it. Yeah. If they had to, you know, keep beat, they're a band. Battle of the Bands should be in it as well if we're putting break dancing in there. Oh, absolutely. You should have Battle of the Bands. Yeah. I mean, if you, I think if you think the uh, synchronized swimming is probably where it all went wrong because that's... It's not even a thing. Like breakdancing is a thing, right? People actually breakdance and it's fun and they do it together. But people don't synchronize swim. Like people just don't do that. You don't go down to the pool and synchronize swim. But you do maybe go down to the to the club and breakdance. Yeah. So synchronized swimming True. not a thing. Is, so why, why be a sport? Well, her training should just say enough for it because they, they do straight swimming training. They do breath hold, cardio, aerobics, flexibility. At like, like, what the hell? What are you doing too much? You should just be doing one of those sports. Yeah. Anyway, we do shit on less. the Olympics enough. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> just, just from the last episode, um, Minnie sent me a clip. He was talking about jugger. Do you remember he was talking about jugger, the sport? I don't remember much. I was half a bottle of pink gin down. Oh, anyway, he sent me a video of what jugger is and it makes no sense at all like everyone's got a different like bat some people some people swinging things over their head it's like lacrosse mixed with hockey mixed with rugby it makes no sense um it looks like a shit sport a battle it's a battle a proper battle though. yeah i think it, yeah. it looks like they're trying to reenact a battle but without killing each other so that's jugger that's the way it should be i went um we had uh, we bucked out a few bulls down in Boddington a while back just for a practice day, like at the arena. And we got down there and there was an event on. So we loaded up all the bulls, put the gates out. But someone had hired out the rodeo grounds for a medieval day. And they had medieval markets where you could buy like, um, you know, <laughs> shitty shoes yeah, and yeah. like uh, clothes made out of Hessian bags and like swords and stuff. And, and then we're like, oh, this is pretty, pretty gay. And then... Um, <laughs> <laughs> then they had battles on the rodeo arena where they're like dudes with legit swords in chain mail suits actually belting each other and then somehow they declared it a winner a bit like WWE I reckon where you kind of like you know you got to win but not actually kill the person but people were going down like, it was good yeah like I've only seen that on on movies and stuff where people on the weekend go to the to the reenactment of a of the civil war or a reenactment of a battle it's like nerdy yep. as is, fuck, but um, I didn't know it was it, real um, in Australia. Oh, what's that? Role Models, the movie? Yeah. It was Role Models, the movie. That's yes. exactly what they were doing. That was, it was those sort of people. And then they arced up. We had told us to, we had to pack up and go home because our sport was, you know, barbaric. And um, You're literally barbarians. You're pretending to be. And, <laughs> It was fucked up. I was losing it. Like, this is good. so we bucked out like three bulls and then packed it up. Was Were you riding ride. the bulls? Anyway. I thought you no. You're off the bulls, eh? That was that was a while ago. But I'm off the bulls. Oh, I'm okay. Off the bulls. 
Just one more follow-up from last episode because I yep. just need to correct myself because I, I talked about a Matt McConaughey movie and we said it was Fool's Gold and the and they didn't have a very good rating. But it's actually called Gold, not Fool's Gold. And the gold is better. So check that one out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Can we not start a thing of correcting what the things we've said wrong? Because we probably do like a whole season. Uh, on oh, I don't mind. Yeah, ourselves. other things are fine, but I just I don't want to give anyone a bum steer on a good movie. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's important. No, that's fair. Forget I'll, I'll get allow it. Facts wrong. That's fine. No, <laughs> I'll absolutely allow it. Um, are we going to get into a frothing early? Because seeing as this episode's just full of frothing, yeah. Um, have you got the tune to play? I do. Here it is. It's uh, the Hot Bogans tune. What's got you frothing, man? What's got you frothing, man? Is it sunrise or is it full moon? Poor Chang with some good dudes. Is it cold tins or is it fresh tunes? We're just getting jacked up in the green room. I said, hey, yeah. What's got you frothing, man? I said, hey, yeah. What's got you frothing, man? Is chasing shapes in the fresh pal. The fetch your come on, let's go now. Get your Andy pants on down to Wahoo's town. Get your dick smashed in by an angry cow. I said, hey, yeah. What's got you frothing, man? I said, hey, yeah. What's got you frothing, man? What's got you frothing, man? Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh, I'll go first. All right, go. What's got you frothing? Um, <laughs> apart from the Johnsy's tune that he sent through, which Fuck is fucking yeah. epic. It's never going to get old. Get- I think... But yeah. I think what we will do at some point is we re-record it and we write extra verses, like you said, and we'll really professionalize it up. Um, and yeah, that's what we'll have to do gets, at some point. It gets hell stuck in my head. I'll like show people. I'm like, oh, some bloke wrote a song about us and it's actually sick. And then <laughs> for the next hour, I'm just singing, what's got you frothing, man? I can't, I, it just pops into my head randomly. Like, get your dick <laughs> smashed in by an angry cow. Like it pops into my head most days. And I think anyway, of you. We just listen to it. <laughs> uh, what's got me frothing lately? Uh, at uh, comedy, mate. Stand up comedy. I went to the stand up comedy um, again in January. It was back on. Got around it. Enjoyed it. I went to another fringes just happening in Perth, although it's not happening because our shows just got cancelled for this week because we got a little COVID action going on. Little spicy cough. Fuck you, around, coronavirus. Apparently. Um, but yeah, that that got me frothing the stand-up comedy, and I started writing bits again. Um, I told you last year I ran into Buddha from the Grin Reapers podcast, and he's like, "Are you getting up, man?" And I was like, "Ah, not this time, but I fucking will." Like, I got got me got me pumped. So I had inspiration the other day and wrote um, just wrote some stuff. Uh, well, I was on work time, so I wrote myself an email. Um, it's like it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty raw. It's definitely a hit and miss. It's like a you know, dead baby joke rolls into me yawning at people on the train, trying to get them to open their mouth to see if they'd be good at, you know, fitting a chode in it. Basically. Oh yeah, but, um, uh, I, I see where you're going with that. Save it though, save it, a, <laughs> save that gold. 
<laughs> so the stand-up comedy's got me frothing and I've been following it, trying to go to as many as I can, but they keep getting cancelled. So, um, But yeah, that, that's got me frothing lately, keeping me buzzing. So with the Fringe Festival cancelled, there must be a major outbreak happening in Perth of coronavirus by the sound of it. <laughs> Yeah, we had one case, which is uh, a, an infinite increase on the cases that we've had yeah, in I the community one um, over the last two months. Divided by so. zero minus one. Yeah. Like, what's the yeah. growth rate there? It's 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 uncalculable. Infinity. Uncalculable. In infinite, infinite growth. Um, yeah, but old mate, despite being everywhere, uh, hasn't spread it to anyone, and. Um, Potentially because it's been warm in Perth, um, no one has a cough, no one has a sniffles. I don't know. We just maybe we've all done the right thing in socially distance, but it hasn't got around. Yeah. So I reckon we're on there. He's actually I'm double frothing. I'm doubling. Told you there's lots of frothing this episode. I got my put my rodeo skills to uh, to hand and started making masks because I got one of those surgical ones and it wouldn't fit over the beard. Like it looked stupid because it I came down to like the bottom of the chin. You sent me some photos with a mask on, and it it looked like you were wearing a child's mask. Yeah. Like, are you sure you bought the cool. right size? <laughs> well, my beard's quite long at the moment, so I got um, so I started stitching up my own, and I, it turns out it's not actually that hard. Got a pattern off YouTube, and um, banged out a dozen masks before I knew it. So um, they're cool, they're bespoke, they fit your chin. But I want one. Get in touch. And, and you are know they what? Surgical, cool. Are they like protective? Like they're made of the right well, stuff? Well, I, I mean, I imagine are they two layers thick? So this is made totally recycled. The hippies will love it. That's an old shirt. That's an old bed sheet. And the um, elastics out of an old the old bed sheet, the fitted sheet that I got. So what's mate, that? They're fucking looking dope. What's that shirt? That looks like a fucking got it for epic a shirt that you're rocking. <laughs> yeah. We'll post yeah, some photos um, of these because these are sick. Um, I don't know yeah, if they were like. Cool dermatologically tested or whatever but oh yeah that one's pretty cool why can, can we get a one off the wood one i guess you'd have to cut up a t-shirt or something um we'll get some prints on, yeah i'm not cutting some. up the shirt that's an expensive <laughs> mask <laughs> yeah that one's 50 bucks uh but yeah they're, they're cool I'm, i'll send you one when i send um send these magnets and stickers over yeah man i i've got the standard black mask that i bought at coles so well, now you know, represent. Did you wash the t shirt before you cut it out? Is it the armpit? Like, which part of your old t shirt am I breathing a, through? <laughs> no, it's a, it's a clean button up short sleeve shirt that I've um, grown out of. Do you grow out of things at 35? You, you do. You, you expand you yeah. through them. Yeah. I expanded through a shirt. So now it's a mask. It's on my mouse. Nice. Covering the mouse. You know what? You're, you're a bit late to the party because if you'd done this, I don't know back when Melbourne was kicking off or something, you probably could have started a little online business. Like recycled well, mask. People would be frothing for that. I'm frothing for it. And and the, the recycle bit, mate, they cost me nothing to make. The margins are uh, infinitely more than uh, what we're <laughs> the making. The margins are growing as fast as the COVID cases in Perth. It's fucking incredible. <laughs> Spot on. Incredible. Um, there you go. There's a couple of froths to, to get you off. Have you got an early froth? Yeah, I've got... I couldn't decide, like I, I, don't, I often froth on big things and I'd rather froth on the little things. So, but like I've just been down in Tassie and it was pretty cool to get down there and I hadn't seen my family for a year. So it was good hanging out with the family and the nieces and nephews and having a good time. But the froth is how good a homegrown produce and in particular homegrown eggs, like eating 
eggs fresh from the chook's bottom. Had a couple of warm ones that had, you know, just come out from under oh, the bum. warm bum nut. Yeah, just yep. <laughs> Almost cooked. And then just, yeah, just fried on a bit of white bread toast with some butter, salt and pepper. It's fucking, it's infinitely better than a store-bought egg. Infinitely. They're, um, my, yes, and real yellow yolks, is that the go? Yeah, like bright yellow yolks that burn your eyes when you crack it open. Uh, and then I also got like a big bucket of honey from my brother's bees and smuggled it back over state lines. I don't know if that's legal or not legal. Oh, that's a big, big no-no. The uh, I think it's okay. Honey transport. Is it? Well, oh, is it is it okay that way? It's like I think it's Tassie to. to I did other I did places. a two second of googling, and I think the headline thing I read was that maybe it's okay to come back to New South Wales. But either way, I brought the honey home. I had to like responsible. Like I put it in a plastic bag and then duct tape it, so because it was the lid would easily have come <laughs> off. And imagine that going through your whole bag. But I got it home safely. It's good honey. So yeah, froth that's, it on um, the, that's terrible. Like I, I don't know friends, what'd be worse, honey through your bag or um, uh, Tate had cinnamon explode. He's taken cinnamon to site and it exploded in his bag. That's like the thinnest substance known to man. Like the the old um, you try and eat a teaspoon of cinnamon. You ever done that? Yeah, you can't. You can't do it, can you? you it's impossible. I was like, I, I would not be fooled by the Wheat Bix challenge. I know that's hard, but I was fooled by the, the cinnamon challenge. I was like, I can definitely do this. I lubed up the mouse, you know, got it <laughs> all mouse. wet. And then uh, banged it in there and then I just did like a like a comical little <laughs> and coughed. <laughs> just this dust cloud of cinnamon. Could yeah, not nah. swallow it. I don't, Impossible. It'd be interesting to know if anyone's done it. Like, is, is there an expert cinnamon eater out there i think honey would be worse because i had a lot of, it's a lot of honey i think i had like two liters of honey like Shit. if that goes through your bag I, I don't know if you're getting that off like i think i don't know if you can wash that out of your clothes hot water yeah boil boil that you bag. have to boil That's your clothes melted yeah. Through, yeah. but made it home safely mm. and then we got home mm. and oh, actually fresh for, produce for my birthday i got given um fresh bum nuts from our friends who live in like maroubra and they've got this tiny little backyard, but they've got like eight chickens <laughs> in the backyard. So still on the chook, on the fresh eggs train. It's bloody good. I like it. That's, that is good froth. Nothing like a bit of, bit of fresh produce. But the bum nuts, you're right. They're the ones where, you know, like you get a, oh, this is an organically grown um, broccoli or something or rather. And it's probably just smaller than the rest of them. And you're like, well, this is just a bit shit. You can't really see the difference. But an egg is... You, you cannot fake that, can you? No, and I think even if you like fork out in the supermarket for the for the expensive free range where there's a picture of the chicken and he's having the best, he's living his best life, it's still not as good. Like, still not as good. Now, nah, one one square meter they get, which is plenty of room for a chicken. That's like me living in an apartment. Like, if you think that's cruel for a chicken, like if you upsize that, that's me living at my house. I've effectively got a chicken's square meter. It's heaps of fucking room, but they don't get as bright. They don't. They don't get out there, and they don't. Not they, like the true free ranger. Yeah, the free rangers. They're out there exploring their territory, having a good time. Do you reckon it's fear? Maybe it's fear because they're like out there, vulnerable, vulnerable to the fox, vulnerable to the birds above, the birds of prey. Like maybe they're actually living in fear, and what we think is a good egg is not. Maybe the real deep, deep orange ones where they're in like the safety and they're just getting. You know, chook feed non-stop. It's real warm, temperature controlled. They've got shitloads of mates around. Maybe like they're the good eggs. 
I don't know. Maybe we got it wrong. I reckon they're just they're living the way they should, connected to the earth. Like like you feel good when you're out in the bush, right? If you were to lay an egg yeah. when you're out adventuring, I think it'd be fucking a good egg. Better than your egg. You, <laughs> there's nothing better. I I love a good bush poo when we're out and about. I've been even on uh, recent road trips. I insist on the bush poo than the pub toilet or the public toilet. It's cleaner for starters, way cleaner. There's no, uh, you know, having to deal with dodgy toilet paper, dodgy seats. Like the bush poo is, I really appreciate it. You find a nice little spot and I'll tell you what, here's a tip for the travellers because I know we've got a lot of travel listeners. Don't pull over at the the parking area at the designated stop and try and shit a metre from the car park or next to the bin. Hang it out like, the window. Find a random spot. <laughs> Find a random spot and and then like go for like ten meters, twenty meters, thirty. Go for hundred meters into the bush and like you find your peace and your zen and you can like take the full pants off. There's no hiding, you know. Get free, mm-hmm. get your squat on because we know we covered it before on the potty. That's the ideal position to push out a poo. Yeah. So the bush poo, like I've I've enjoyed it. Thoroughly. You digging a hole? Like, uh, yeah, I'm scratching the ground, digging a hole, and making sure you know gets out. And and if you want the paper, if you're going to leave the paper, make sure it's somewhere that gets moist because the dry paper blows around, but the wet paper degrades very quickly. But if you dig um, a decent hole, ground, so. you should be able to put the paper in there as well. Chuck Absolutely. a log on top as well, cover it up. Especially yeah, if you're in a sensitive area, like I think side of the highway, if and you're finding your own spot, you can probably get a bit loose with it. But if you're in like a national park, take time to dig that hole, and you'll. It'll a good deep hole during a, for a bush poo. It's better as well. Like you feel it's just you look back and there's nothing there but ground. You're like, yeah, I just did a shit and no one's gonna know. You could walk straight over the top of it, uh, and it's good to drop it good. into that hole. You, one good thing I find hole. with bush poos, particularly on overnight like hikes and things, I find that I don't get the clean breaks that I get at home. So I end up using more toilet paper, which is fucking annoying because you'd only have so much toilet paper and you've got to put it somewhere. Do you have that problem or is that just me? No, that, that's a you issue. Fuck. I feel cleaner. Sometimes you've, I just, you know, straight back in the ocean so it doesn't really matter. You're fine. Just do one wipe wonder. Yeah, yeah. If you're close to the ocean, no problem at all. Yeah. Definitely. Now, they, they, they're good. I'll give you one. Um, I did a desert trip a couple of years ago through... Um, uh, the Simpson Desert so it's a couple of days end up at Birdsville from Mount Dare it's a fair mission but uh, you encouraged there you got to dig your hole for your shit and because it's so dry um, you dig a good half metre down because it's all red sand and then you got to light your toilet paper on fire because the sand dunes move and this goes for beach poos as well right if you're pe- pooing in the sand dunes the sand dunes yeah. are going to move and your paper's not going to degrade because it's dry so it's going to blow around. You know one wants that. So light the poo on fire. Not the poo, sorry. Sorry. The paper. Light the paper on fire. Because it's yeah, going to so, pop back so out when the sand blows off, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so light the paper, let it burn down. And it's like if you do it at night, it's quite ceremonious. You've got this little like hole and you, you turn it in there and you, you light it on fire and you sort of, you know, salute it, yep. watch it burn and then kick the sand in over the top. But it's good. Can it's you good, light your own, can behavior. you light a shit on fire? No. I'm going to go with no because I've lit toilet paper on top of shit on fire that didn't catch fire. Unless you're drinking straight whiskey, I don't think it's possible. Yeah. No, I wouldn't think so. A similar uh, problem is with the snow. When you're in the snow, 
if it is a deep snowpack, like you're not going to – you have to find like the right spot to actually get to the ground and then the ground's usually frozen. So a lot yeah. of – like sometimes you don't have much choice but to to just bury it in the snow and then come summer, uh, who knows? At least it's moist. At least it'll melt and it'll yeah. be wet. Yeah, and it'll take it down. I think that's enough shit chat. <laughs> shit chat. <laughs> I don't know. I find that you can sometimes when you get onto the shit conversation at parties and things with people, that's it's when everyone sort of sparks up a bit talking about shits they've had and shits they've done. I think it's something it's everyone relatable. Can relate everyone, to. yeah, it's something everybody does. It's a commonality. Exactly. Like everyone's got a good shit story. Um, Oxymoron. Um, mm. So update update us on what you've been doing for the last three weeks because I've seen I haven't really spoken to you I think I rang you the other morning I can't remember why maybe to give you shit for not <laughs> coming to King Island but where you been? <laughs> <laughs> I've been around eh? we've done a few few trips lately because it's summertime and the living's easy mm-hmm. um, we've been out and about, uh, did a couple of trips up to Wedge, took the jet ski up with a bunch of punters. How's this actually? We, we took punters. the ski up, there's four of us, um, and like, a couple of friends like, oh, we'll come along. A um, couple of girls, and uh, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Had bit their own of, car. Bit of the old in, mean, out, in out, as um, Jed Orm would yeah. say. From- <laughs> <laughs> there's no in out, in out. But uh, the they bought some someone's fucking mate someone's mate's mate you know they pull up at the car and they're like well, we'd been there since seven we had the ski out we're doing our own thing it's like we're going surfing we sort our own shit out you know what it's like when you're chasing waves and the wind's gonna get up at 11 yeah they need to they sort their own shit out so the um the crew the girls are fine but then these other crew park their car in front of our car mind you we're on wedge they're on this like you know couple of kilometer long beach parked in front of my car and then insisted that our mates that were there while we were all surfing like moved my car like just fuckhead behavior like you've got to move your car we've got to put our awning up and like hang on you've parked where we've been for an hour and a half on a beach and now you want to move our car it was some fucking weird behavior i don't even know why i'm telling the story i was just it got me Got, got me angry about. <laughs> did this? You get off on the wrong just, foot with these people, or did it come? I good? didn't even. Try, they didn't say hi or anything. They just said you've got to move your car, and it was. It's just like, I think it was a highlight of these are the kind of people that get stuck on a beach without recovery gear, with like you know rely on other people's help. You got to be self sufficient when you're going into the wilds. Not that wedge is fucking wild, but sort your own shit out. Don't fucking rely on other people. It really pissed me off. That's the my grumpy old man surfing coming out. And uh, it's a big beach. Like I don't really understand. It's a huge beach. I had no idea what they were doing. It was fucking very confusing. There's a bloke there with like a, a um, pink vodka cruiser in his hand when I turned up, and it was like his mates. And I was like, "Who is this fucking spot?" <laughs> anyway, pink um, cruiser is pretty good. Is that grapefruit? I think it is the grapefruit one. Yeah, delicious. I offered him a mid-strength beer. He said, "I don't drink girls' drinks." I was like, "All right." You've come back one point for comedy gold, but um, yeah. Anyway, so we did a little adventure there. But my main um, adventure, we went down to Margs for a bit of Australia Day. Took the ski down, opened up some new territory for playing around. Like went all the way out to Top of Cape Naturalist on the ski. Like from Dunsborough, you go head west to the tip of that whole Margs Peninsula. Yeah, and 
man, there's some crazy caves out there. Like the just face north and then just get the storms blow into them. But like, oh, crazy open, like stalactites hanging down that are, you know, five meters long sort of stuff. Real wild sort of terrain. I had no idea was out there. And you wouldn't even see if you're bushwalking because you're standing on top of them looking north. It's pretty, um, yeah, real, real cool little adventure. But uh, we had a, we had a, a fail, um, a little camping fail down there. We'd, the tin monster came and met us in, in his um, saloon, his wagon that he's got. So we're trying to find a camp spot for um, a dodgy camp. We camped at Spot X that I can't tell you. Yep. One night we had a fire. Um, brilliant. And then, yeah, greatest camp spot of all time. And then the tin monster's around. So we tried to push up to um, uh, Point Road, it's called. Point Road Camp Spot. And it's um, just south of the Contos Camp, about a kilometre but you can full drive up there from South Beach um, up this track. Anyway, we we got him up a little bit away up the full drive track in the saloon, but it was scraping everywhere and it was all a bit of a laugh. This so is his ute, right? Uh, no, nah, not the ute. Not the ute. Say, got rid of that. Fine. He's got a, um, a VE wagon now, like a Commodore wagon. Got it for five grand. The thing's mint, covered in dings. It's brilliant. Right. Um, he, anyway, we're like, all right, fuck it. We're not going up there. We had the ski on the back. We'll just camp at the bottom of the track. It's all cleared area. It'll be fine. Like we're in daylight. We'll be out of here early. He had to leave early. So six o'clock comes around. Kev's got up and and left early. And Slats and I are left, you know, just swags next to the full drive. We had a little fire. We had, uh, you know, a couple of um, wild turkey cans hanging out around it. Yep. And I was like, righto, let's bloody go, Slats. And just as I say that, the ranger turns up <laughs> at 6 a.m. It's fucking Oz Day long weekend this is the tuesday and i was like fuck i should have known like we're pretty much on the entrance track to fort the the point road campsite so he's got to drive up there anyway fucking rookie behavior so you're allowed to camp up the road at the campsite at the top which is where we were headed yeah so i'll maybe i'll give you my excuse anyway because yeah it's so he stopped though He he stopped and he's not aussie he's an english bloke he was uh, visibly um, annoyed at our position, our choice of campsite in a national park. So he can't. He kind of you know mentioned that, and I was like, "All right, I'm. I'm not going to make excuses. I'll shut my mouth and um, just you know listen. Just deny. Say gone. we didn't camp here. This isn't ours." <laughs> he walks over. <laughs> slats, slats are still in his swag, and he's like, "Oh, you've had a campfire. Oh, oh no. Oh no. No, we oh, haven't. Fuck. Here we go." <laughs> he's got his hand on it, still warm. And he's, uh, <laughs> we did the, all the right things about having a campfire in a dodgy spot. Anyway, he pours like four buckets of water on it. Um, and I was just kind of like, you know, we, we hadn't, you know, we, we were responsible, but yeah, we'd done all the wrong things. You so hadn't got up all, early enough, basically. That's the, the, the exactly, only wrong thing exactly that you've done, done is not get up early enough and, and leave no trace. Okay, because yeah, in his mind, exactly. there's a lot of things you've done wrong, but realistically, from the the rules that we go by, you've you've made one mistake. Yep. And, it, and the sun comes enough. up early as fuck down there. Oh yeah. So you have to get up really early, fuck. And if you've had a few wild so, turkeys around the fire, it might not be that easy to drag yourself out of the swag. 
So we, anyway, I um I basically said to him, I was like, oh, listen, you know, we didn't know that we could get up the track. Someone, we met a bloke, he said, you can camp up here, it's all good. But, you know, we got to the track and we couldn't get the jet ski up there because we had a, you know, trailer on and he's like, you've got a four-wheel drive. It's like, oh, but, you know, the trailer, I've got Vic plates on my car still, by the way. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I was like, I don't know, I've never been up here. You know, I was played ignorance trying to ask him about it. Victorian. And he's like card yeah and like, oh you you know you've had a fire and this and i was like yeah look totally understand oh oh in my head i was like mate it's fucking offshore and it's gonna blow offshore for the next three days like um we're not burning anything down but i didn't say it because you know there's no excuse yeah. so yeah, that, but that area it. of bush has a tendency to go up though <laughs> it does it was fucking like 40 not easterlies and i was like um no sir yeah sorry sir yeah gave me all that sort Give of thing yeah yeah um, I think he bought my yarn though about about you know we wanted to can't do the right thing but we couldn't and uh, we couldn't couldn't get up the track. Anyway, he said he'd send us a fine in the mail, which I haven't received as yet. So fingers crossed. But you're right. The the thing we did wrong and was uh, not leave early enough and let leave no trace, which we we would have done anyway because it was all cleared the dirt around it, ready to cover the fire up. We weren't yeah, being fucked. It's not that because you would have left no trace. I know you. But yeah. so it's just one error, which is not getting up early enough. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like that's my fine for, it's like when I get a speeding fine. It's okay because I'm due yeah. for the fine. Like the this, the campfire, I don't know how many times I've camped dodgy in from Brad and I, I reckon we camped a hundred nights in a year in dodgy car parks and places didn't pay anywhere and like got away with it yeah so, if, so, so you, i reckon you've probably done at least 100 nights but let's say you've done 100 and on average it costs 20 bucks to camp somewhere so that's two grand that you're up um but easy at least so if the if you get a couple hundred dollar fine here and there um hopefully next time you get up earlier i'm i'm, re- I'm ready to pay it i've read but I, I couldn't believe it i was like fuck i've actually got done here like, Did you give me your dad's rookie. address i wanted though? to blame in vic <laughs> nah. <laughs> well that's I, i've lost my wallet like months ago and it's i'm um, still hoping it'll turn up but uh, it's uh <laughs> so i don't even have a driver's license at the moment or anything with my idea. i gave him a fishing license <laughs> which was it. classic was like, is this legit i was like yeah it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> no anyway <laughs> that's uh uh you're right. I didn't. I fucked up. I didn't get up early enough. I didn't follow my own rules. That um, don't camp at the bottom of Point Road Camp. So I go up to Point Road Camp. It's much better than Contos, and the full drive track is not actually that hard up there. There's one rock at the bottom of it, and I reckon we would have got Kev Saloon up the top of it. Do you have um, to book that campsite? Like, can you just rock up and use it? No, nah, no, no bookings. You can't actually book it. So it's a, it's a sort of free for all. So New South Wales is cooked this year because. Ever since COVID, every campsite has to be booked because there's normally, you know, in most areas, there's one or two that you can't book. So you just rock up and there's usually some little area that you can get. But now they're all booking only. So like for the long weekend, I was looking at going camping and actually booking something, but there's you couldn't get in anywhere. Well, I read an article on... Um Tassie because they don't have the booking system but they had all these ghost camps set up at Christmas and that and yeah. people were turning up like two days beforehand putting a tent there with no one in it and just leaving off. a you know $20 tent fucking off and coming back like that's what's that's the difference though isn't it like what do you want to do do you want to put the ghost tents or do you want to book and maybe get in yeah I don't know what the answer to it is because the ghost tent thing is is a 
dick move because some people don't want to camp on the on the weekend that's busy. Have that's why the, the more ghost tech. the thing is more people have to do what yeah more ghosting like more camping where you're not allowed to and fucking off before the sun comes up and then you got less people fighting for the campsites that exist you just got to be aware leave no trace is the key yeah burn your plastic but i think you also burn your plastic we got done way back in the day when i was like 20 at friendly beaches which leads on to my story about where i've been but we were being stupid and drunk and had a fire uh and hadn't cleaned up and then the the ranger came and was he's like oh, i heard you guys were being a bit noisy last night it's like don't know about that and um <laughs> how big was this fire though because we you know you were 20 and it, i had a responsible it wasn't fire. that big how we big didn't have a fire? huge fire it was it was a medium-sized fire it wasn't like a bonfire or anything uh but he could see that where it was. And then he said to me, because everyone else disappeared, so they left me just standing out there talking to this ranger. <laughs> and Good. he said to me... The he leaders said, Look, really if, come to the front, you yeah. know, in battle. The leaders step up. Yeah, that's, well, that's, that's right. Oh, face I, the fucking music. I, I will step this. up and face the music, and I did. But he said to me, we can see that you've had a fire. If you just admit to it, everything will be okay. <laughs> and I've this is a big learning curve for me, and... And I said, oh, good. well, we've had a fire, obviously. <laughs> and he's like, well, you've just admitted to having a fire. I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, and that's." And he pulled his little book out and he starts going through and he's like, that's five points. That's a 200 and something dollar fine. At the time, I was like, fuck. A lot of money. I don't have 200 and something dollars. And I said, mate, you just... So I gave him this rant. I was like, you just said to me that if I admit to this, then there won't be any fine. And now you're saying that because I've admitted to it, it's a fine, you've tricked me into saying this and... This is an outrage. Entrapment. I've been entrapped. I didn't <laughs> yes. know that word. but And then he mumbled around for a bit and then he agreed that maybe that wasn't the way to go about it and he didn't give me a fine and he said, don't do it again and, and left, us, left us be. But what I've learned from that and I've learned other experiences with police officers and people like rangers is you deny even in the face of complete like, you know... The fire's right there. So you should have just said, that's not our fire. That was there when we arrived and prove that it's not. Deny, deny, deny. They're my, that's my three Ds of dating. Deny, <laughs> deny, deny. <laughs> what are you denying in the no, day? I like that. Well, that's like when you have a car accident. You never apologize. That's the key. Don't apologize. Sorry, <laughs> sir. We shouldn't have had a fire. It's like, sorry, we didn't mean to camp here. Never fucking apologize because that's admitting fault. So... You know, be silent when you should have apologised and then yeah. work so instead on you say, your strategy. Fuck you, we shouldn't have camped here. <laughs> Confusing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because he doesn't Those want any trouble. on your ute, sir? Yeah. Nah. But deny. He deny. Um, hey, our last episode, actually, you were telling us that you were... Oh, I don't know, I can't, I'll paraphrase you because I can't quote it. Um, yeah, I'm off the beers. Last year, I didn't drink until my birthday in January and it was real good, so I'm going to do that this year. Yeah. And then I got a message, a group message with about 15 blokes in it on on Messenger that popped up and it was just titled MFC. And I haven't seen these three letters together um, since before group chats, in fact. Since like 2007, maybe, was the last time the MFC yep. was probably thrown around. 
Um, yeah, and the MFC uh, award had your name on it. You'd been awarded it. There was lots of banter. You were nowhere to be seen for the first portion of it, but um, much congratulations. And the MFC trophy, we'll have to post a photo of it, but I'll um, give listeners an insight, was something Damo and I took down to Tassie for Dan as a, um, as a present. There it is, proud award winner. We'll definitely whack that one up. <laughs> um, we... We were heading down to Tassie for a couple of weeks, going to stay with Dan for free. So we went to the op shop, grabbed a dodgy record and um, this weird baby chalice sort of uh, statue thing that then on that trip turned into the MFC, which stands for... The Most Fucktest Cunt, which is actually stolen from a friend of a friend, well, a friend in Tasmania. (laughs) They, They had the MFC awards before we ever had the trophy, but... I think it might so even be go. a Frenzel Rom song, The Most Fucktest Cunt, but anyway, that's it. So The Most Fucktest Cunt trophy doesn't get awarded every <laughs> night. It gets awarded only when someone has a standout performance of being The Most Fucktest Cunt. And we all know when we've had that, mate, that yarns go on forever. So it's got names written all around it. And there's been a good 12, 15-year gap between awards. And so non-drinking uh, Andy has just visited his home state and... Uh, taking out the trophy what the fuck happened you're off the rails well I, you know i was talking about going camping for that long weekend but then the tassie borders opened up so we just booked a last minute trip down there and on the sunday there was a conor mcgregor dustin poirier fight in the ufc because you're a big big mfc fan i'm a big oh, i'm a ufc I, this year i've well last year i got into the ufc because it's the only sport on and it's pretty pretty gnarly i look to be fair though I was into it back in the day. I remember when you and I went to the States and we'd sit in those motel yep. rooms and just oh, watch yes. UFC all night long. Like, Tosh.0 and UFC. Tosh.0 and UFC. That was like 2011 or something. So, yeah. Um, so, oh, you're right. You were big into it. But um, anyway, long time in between. But I've been into it. And like Conor McGregor fights were always good. So, I texted a few boys and said, look, I'm coming down. Okay, let's um, tee up beers and we'll watch the fight uh and yeah and and that we did and we got really drunk and then we had wrestling competitions which i basically won took everyone out uh <laughs> that's good i i um i don't know if you and i've had a good wrestle but i i you've talked up your wrestling antics and i reckon look i, I win so i've lost a, a few sign. against other mates in melbourne okay you know like wrestling comes out sometimes when you get yeah, on the piss. your it's, mates in melbourne are fucking huge like they're big dudes Stu oh yeah Stu uh, dominated me multiple times in a row and so he should but i have beaten ballard once me and him and tate okay. anyway which we just we just got into the wrestling we had a big night and um yeah and there was a bit of banter going around about me bashing everyone um, but uh, it was it was a fun, it was really fun night, and then uh, yeah, Dan must Dan's house has been like rearranged, and he came across the trophy, and I walked into his house for dinner, and he presented it to me as I walked in the door, and I was proud, very proud, because it's been many years since, and like there's no, names that's, and that's dates on form. the trophy, but we used to know what each name and date was, but there'd be no way of remembering now what was I, what. Do you know I my name's not on that trophy? Are I'm you sure? Not, um, I've, yeah, I'm 100% certain because I've not um, never performed to that standard. I had a massive night um, uh, down in Tassie, but I got taken over. That was jelly wrestling night. 
um, someone else took that out. It was probably you for smashing your head in and breaking your eardrum and it turned squeaky. But I, I think I had a few that, where, yeah. um, and, and Brad took it out when we were in uh, Victoria as well, the Tassie five-time yarn. So, no, I've never actually uh, <laughs> never actually made it onto the trophy. I'm quite certain of it. Yeah, the MFC trophy. Future. Dan tried to give it to me to take out of his house. I was like, no, it, this is where it belongs. <laughs> his kids are getting of the age now as well where they'll have to explain, what's this What's this mean? It probably says it on there too, doesn't it? It's written out. But, it's uh, written out. Hashtag MFC. That's why he wants to get rid of it. Yeah. I'll s- send him around. Good, so good times down in Tassie. You got a few waves. Yeah, I think friendlies. so. I didn't, <clears throat> I didn't go adventuring. Um, threatened to, but um, sort of teeing up, maybe getting back soon for some hiking. But got it's really quiet down there because there's fuck all tourists. There's no international tourists and there's minimal interstate tourists because like WA can't go, Queensland can't really go, and even the people that can go are a bit worried about going because borders change as you're away. So like. I went down to the old like local surf spot goats and got good waves with zero people in the water on the Monday between Australia Day and Sunday where it's 30 degrees. So 30 degrees, pretty well a public holiday and good waves and no cunt out. So that was that was Prima. good. And then the next Sunday, That's... so on a Sunday, we there's East Coast Well, went up to Friendly Beaches, which is up, it's a beautiful spot. It's up near um, Freysonay. It's a national park. Is that Wineglass Bay? Everyone will know that area. Yeah, it's near Wineglass Bay. But it's like the... Anyway, we rocked up. It was well overhead, pretty well pumping. Out, maybe three people in the water and it's a long stretch of, stretch of beach. So me and, yeah, me and my mate Matt, we surf for going on three hours, which I know... You know me, I don't surf for very long because I get the shits with crowds really quickly. <laughs> But this day, <clears throat> put in a three-hour special. And, um, yeah, it was awesome. Like, jumped in the old ute, drove up up the coast, stopped at Swansea, hit the hit the bakery, three-hour surf, back down, hit the fish and chip shop again, home. It's like, it was pretty good. It was good weather too, like sunny skies and warm weather, pumping waves. Fucking dreamy times. And how much smaller does Tassie feel now? Like, I know going back to Vico after travelling WAKs, oh. like, Vico's tiny and Tassie's the same thing. Like it, it is a small island. You're there. Especially like driving up to the east coast like that from Hobart. Not, like we would do a day trip but and people would be like, I can't believe you do that in a day. That's crazy. And even we would yeah. be like, uh, would normally camp the night. But just like it's two hours. It's a two-hour drive. Yeah, it's nuts. It's Melbourne to Wilson's Prom. That's two and a half. Like, yeah. it's fuck, absolutely fuck all. Like, oh, mate, that's the good old days. Like, no cunt out. Those, those yeah, surf no, sessions. No, are NCU, where it's, where it's NCO. At. There are some long trips in Tassie. Like, if you want to drive from Hobart to the northwest coast, that's like five hours, I think. But, but uh, most things are within a couple of hours. But um, it was sick. Yeah, like, I, I got really somewhere. frothing on Tassie. Mate, I'm off the froth. I'm off it because I'm guessing that your next froth is that you've booked a trip to King Island well, coming that, up. That's one of them, but it was more just musing about things that could be done as things open Mate. up. But yeah, we have locked in a trip to King Island. <laughs> there's, always, there's always like things that could be done, but fucking hell, King Island is just the sickest. And I was 
I was actually pretty devo because I was thinking like, oh, I could do a trip, could book this, but borders keep closing and it's just not worth it. And then main thing, I've got to book in for this fucking wrist operation. So yeah, I've got to do it sooner rather than later because I figure I'll be ready later. But you've um, you threw me a last minute message, said hold off on the wrist op, we'll go to King Island. Yeah. But then, I fucking can't do it. Or get it done beforehand, but then it, that didn't work. So nah, I was thinking about this for a long time. on your behalf today. So I just <laughs> had a birthday that. on the weekend, turned 38. Happy the, birthday. Thanks. This morning, I was at the physio getting my shoulder worked on. And like I was talking to him about it. He's like, have you ever had a shoulder injury? He's like, yeah, I hurt this shoulder kayaking like 15 years ago. I heard it working maybe eight years ago, but I never thought anything of the injuries. And then probably 12 months ago, you and me decided to do this push-up competition. And oh, that, yeah. that is what fucked my shoulder. And it's, beca- <laughs> and it's because of these old injuries that it got fucked and also because I'm old. Yeah. And while you are younger than me, you are also old and you're getting into that, that area of age where you need to really think about what you're going to do so you can fucking do heaps of cool shit through your, your 40s, your 50s, your 60s. So I reckon you need to yep. f- not only just fix your wrist, but like isn't your hip fucked as well from like isn't it? Mate, there's a guy at work who just pierces and moans about the smallest little things and he's constantly got an ice pack on and I wish that we could just swap bodies for a day so he could see what it's like <laughs> to live in my rig because it's fucking hurts. Like it just hurts like head to toe i've got something going on the hips fucked you should see it i look weird in the nude because it's swollen still like it holds fluid but it's better and i can walk and do stuff and like my my left shoulder is rooted from the rico but my right shoulder is rooted from bull riding to the point i can't stick it up behind my back but my wrist is the one that needs to get fixed because it's a hidden injury it's there and it's not it's been 12 months it's not fixed itself yeah so I went and saw um, Dr. Booney, doctor and friend of the podcast, gave me a referral to the best surgeon in uh, Perth, best orthopedic surgeon in Perth, in his mind, uh, Angus Keogh, Dr. Angus Keogh. So he's um, sorted me out and yeah, basically got an MRI and everything, because yeah. heads up everybody during COVID times, MRIs are free. Normally they cost fuckloads of money, so go get your shit sorted now, because now is the time. Is they cost fucking heaps, but everywhere Medicare's or just paying in for Perth? More. I think everywhere because it's Medicare. So get now's the time to get your referrals in. Um, so I went and did all the scans and things, and it turns out my uh, so the the TFCC, which is if you're looking at my hand here, the uh, outside my little finger side of it, the ulna bone of your wrist, so under the side of up. your little finger, yeah, yeah, and it, it attaches to the hand bones, which are all like look like fucking peanuts in there. And then there's a thing that's just not attached. So the side of it's not attached and it's been not attached for a long time. And it just, I had to think about it because it's like a full proper operation. 12, 12 weeks, uh, you know, you six weeks in one splint, six weeks in another splint, you're out for a long time. But I was thinking about it and I was talking to Bernie on the phone and just holding a phone to my head hurts both my shoulder and my wrist. And I was like, nah, fuck this. Like I've got to do something about it. And um, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm booked in for the op. I'm getting it done sooner rather than later, so we can get out and do some cool shit again. 
Yeah, and what are you going to do about all your other shit? Like, I feel like this is a year that you need to, like, dedicate to recovery. Like, you had your, you had your fun, you rode your bulls, you now you're in fucked, you're fucked. And it's not a bad shout, actually. This could be the just do it all in one go. Well, like, is there operations? Do you need to start seeing physios, getting massages, doing stretching, yoga, just getting it all sorted? Because then you'll be sweet next year to to start doing stuff. An episode that I don't know, we opened up, it wasn't really part of the episode, but we ranted about um, old people just being fucking useless and, you know, <laughs> when it's time to tap out. And you told me about this guy who, he, who must have been on Rogan or something, and he was just doing stuff... Because he's like, all right, I'm old and I just want to, you know, hang out and play with my grandkids. So, what uh, he devised an exercise routine. Yeah. Do you remember this? Yeah. So, he was training, I think he called it the octogenarian Olympics. So, he's training to do the things that he wants to do when he's 80. So, he's not old. He's like 50. He's older. But he, he's like, all right, what are the things I want to do when I'm 80? And it was, it was like he wants to be able to, uh, if he's flying, he wants to be able to put his bag in the overhead locker. If he's visiting his grandkids, he wants if they run and jump at him, he wants to be able to catch them. And there's a few, and he just yep. he listed a few things, and he's like doing exercises specific for those actions, so that when he's eighty, practical, he can still do them. yeah. No one's bench pressing. Don't get off the fucking bench press because no one's like bench pressing their grandkids. Like you're taking them to the park, you're putting them on the play equipment, you're running them down yeah, it's the more slide, like bending over, picking up and lifting things above your head, catching a footy. Yeah, yeah, simple shit. Exactly. Yeah, everyday stuff. But I think yeah. like, because right. you tried to do that point to point, uh, the what's it called? The walk that you tried cape, to do? Cape to cape. Cape to cape. <laughs> yeah. And you couldn't do it because your hip blew up. So is that going to happen every time? Because yeah. like, I think about the things I want to do and most of them are like long missions of suffering some amount. Yep. And there's yep. lots of them to do and there's lots of cool ones you could do in Australia. But you need to have, you know, you need to have your hip not, expand on day two well as as far as the world's going at the moment right to find the place with no cunt out to find those surf breaks you've got to have the barrier to entry like you've got to get you know you're saying suffering but it's like you're only suffering so you can see the shapes that no one else gets to see so you can ski the lines no one else has skied so you can surf waves by yourself and not get angry and want to punch turds that want to park the car in front of yours like you need to yeah that's it like the barrier to entry so you need to be able to keep your barriers open Exactly. That's where we're at. And you know where, where yep. we're going? We're going to southwest Tasmania. Like, I think, like, I was sitting there, I was looking at maps with, with Dad, and we're looking at, um, like, what is it? It's um, Bathurst Harbour. So, you know, you've got Macquarie Harbour, which is, like, near yep. Strawn. Like, further south than that is Bathurst Harbour, which is full wilderness. Like, you can't, you can't only get there by boat or helicopter. Is this there, where Trav and Kentaro walked through? Yeah, so our friends, uh, yep. I don't know about Kentaro. Did he? He's he's the Japanese bloke. Yeah, yeah. Trav reckons he did a like ten day walk with him. Mad mad shredder. Yeah. Well, Tra- like Trav English. got a fishing boat in there. It was like Noodle and some some other mates, and they hiked around and surfed the waves. But like, there's it's pro uh, if you wanted to walk in, it'd probably take you five days. Yeah. Uh, but apparently there's like point breaks and all sorts in there. But if you could if you could get a boat, it'd be the go. But the other thing I was looking at is. I was just getting all frothy about it because it's probably the most remote place you could be in Australia, I reckon, as far as, you know, no roads, 
No. Maybe Kimberley, up up north in the Kimberley when you get, there's this fuck all roads up there because you get monsoonal rains and things. But Yeah, that's the only, the only, because I think. Other spot, up, really. You're a lot, yeah. lot, you're probably further from anywhere up there, but it's more likely to be roads and things, whereas down here. But yeah, it's, anyway, it's wild. And the other, there's, yeah. the other thing is there's, like you've got the Franklin River, which I've been down a couple of times. You should probably come and try and do it at some point. But there's this other river that called the Davy, which flows from um, like as far as you can drive in the southwest. You hike in, jump in this river, and you can float down to Bathurst Harbour. So you could do a mission Is where it you rapids could, at the top, like I, a whitewater river or I, paddle. I think it's a low grade whitewater, like grade yeah three max. I think which is is not not super Pretty scary. Nice. Whereas like the Franklin would be grade up to grade five, I guess, like ones that you can't, or grade six even, because you can't go through them because you die. Yep. So you walk around them. But I, I don't think it's gnarly yep. like that. And people have done it with pack rafts. So what I think we yep. need to do is get a pack raft and a surfboard, hike in, float down the river to Bathurst Harbour, set up camp, surf epic point breaks. And then... On the other side of Bathurst Harbour, there's uh, the Malaluka airstrip. So then you could get a flight back out. So you can actually fly in there. Mate, this is like um, the adventures at home sort of thing. And, you know, like barrier to entry, right? Say it's, oh, it's going to take you two days to get there. Yeah. Right, before you're even surfing. Remember, we last Indo surf trip we did, we went to South Sumatra, was it? Or no, um, we had to go via... Um, via Jakarta pretty much to get there. Krui. Krui. Where's South, that, John? I think yeah, it's South Krui. Sumatra. What's Sumatra, is it? Yeah, it was It was ridiculous. So it took me two days to get there from Perth anyway, and I'm a few hours ahead of you. So it's like, you just need to think of that, right? The barrier to entry is is the same time frame. Like you could be in and out in the same time and then get days down there with, yeah. you know, NCO. Exactly. I think you just need, if you've got two weeks, there's lots of cool stuff you can do. The other one I was getting excited about is the Great Alpine Walk, in which goes from Victoria up through the high country, then into New South yep. Wales and up through the high country there to Kosciuszko. And yet you basically walk from like, I don't know where it starts, like south of Mount Buller, but it finishes pretty well in Canberra. But there's I think all it starts sections. at Borbor, doesn't it? Yeah, maybe. But yeah, you can walk from, from Borbor to Canberra across all the, all the big alpine peaks takes ages and you could probably do sections of it but like who's out there doing that not many people there's actually one guy Is called he? mark oates who did it in winter last year we need to try and get him on the okay. podcast because he know i don't know him but i know people that know him and they were geeing me up saying that we should get him on the podcast so do it i'll make follow it happen. up yeah make try. it happen <laughs> um the bo miles who of frothed on before has a bunch of youtube clips and he actually is the only bloke that I know of that's actually run the Alpine walk um, the whole length of it and took him however long, two weeks or something. But he just ran the thing flat out. It's a nuts sort of walk. But you're right, in winter, you'd, you'd be seeing shapes out there, wouldn't you? Well, in winter, it'd be... Well, fuck, you'd see shapes if the weather was good. Otherwise, you wouldn't see much. But um... <laughs> Is it navigatable? Is that a word? Like when... The, um, can you actually... Is it just a snow trail or is it in trees? Like what's the so I think deal? 
did he go to go ski at this Mark Oates? Did he go skiing? Or he what did was it he, on skis. Do some of it's kicks. too low. Yeah. So some of it yeah. won't be in snow in winter. So he and his mate yeah. did it in winter. And they were replicating a trip he'd done when he was like 19 or something where him and his brother did it in winter. Um, so some of it's up in the high country, like, you know, very high. So you you got to navigate up there on the snow. Um, but, you know, there's there is paths and posts and things. And then the rest of it is pretty well fire trails. But it sounds like some of them do get overgrown and trees come you know if there's been in winter trees come down which makes it slow yeah. going i think but um but if yeah. you're going to ski it surely we could pick a spot and just walk in a day or walk in a half a day yeah in the snow and then you just like chill out you've got enough tucker to last you and you've got enough water you can just pick your weather to walk back out again and like do a little skiing surely surely well you can i think the section that would be cool to do is you start from Mount Bogong and you go Mount Bogong Falls Creek to Hotham and across the high plains How far there. is that? How many uh, k's? Uh, I don't know. Because like, Falls to Hotham is only about 10k. It's even probably even less. So it's probably another it's, pretty, it's probably another 10 to Mount Bogong. Okay. But that one yep. you'd be you're up high pretty well the whole time except for the valley between Falls yep. and Hotham. So you could you'd actually be on snow the whole time and you'd be skiing peaks and i think that'll be the the entry to it is to go and do that i, I would like to do it this year i don't know if you'd like to join me do, but, do um, you go mate uh, well if I, i'm getting this wrist stop, i'm booked in for um what about this hip what about this hip march 8th well the hip was fine in a straight line it was because i reckon the trek i did was i was heading north on the beaches so my left leg was lower than the right and that's what fucked it. But it was also rooted from rodeo because I'd torn it and didn't know. And yeah. now I've been consciously kind of walk. I don't know. It's a, I need to do some walking to figure it out. Is the short answer. There's this place that's open like 50 or oh, 100 meters down the road from me here called Recovery. And it's got ice bars and saunas and it's basically Fuck all this yeah. recovery stuff. I was looking at it today. It's brand new, pretty expensive, but you can go and you know do all those things, jump in the... Can I just like Wim Hof? I bought Wim Hof's book. Um, in my in my froths, uh, can I just Wim Hof the leg better? I you think so. Work? I, I think if you do the breathing, get in the ice, it should be better. It can't be. Can't. It's not going to get worse. From you got a bathtub, don't you? Yeah. Fill it with ice. You buy like two, a couple of ice trays. Buy a couple of <laughs> bags of ice. Get in there. Do the breathing. It can only be good for. I set it up. If I'm going to buy bags of ice, I might as well have a few people around. Actually, I've got a mate who with um an infrared sauna. Did I tell you about that? She like was supposed to go to Europe um last year and then didn't because of COVID. So she had ten grand to blow and bought herself an infrared sauna for her house and just stuck it in her spare room. Yeah, they're That's pretty like sick. Pretty sick behavior. So I reckon like the ice bath combo. Um, with the infrared sauna I'll hit her up maybe we'll put a little business together sure you don't need regulations or you know uh, permits for that stuff I don't think so surely not hey, um, I don't reckon nah I'm pretty sure you can buy if you've got room to put it in you can you can chuck in a well you, your bath needs a reno anyway your bathroom does it? what's wrong with my bathroom? well last time I was there like the the taps like it would just change temperature at at its own yeah. At, at a yeah, whim. it decides when your shower time's over. It's like <laughs> you've had too much hot water. Get out. 
So why don't you pull the it. bath out, put in a infrared sauna, do a reno? <laughs> you, okay, yeah. Turn it into a sauna. Yeah. 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 What do you need in there? You need your your toilet separate. You need a shower. Yeah, it is. So you just need a little shower, infrared sauna, and maybe a bucket that you can use for your ice baths. Done. (laughs) Solved. Get on over here. Um, No, that's sick, mate. When are you going to King Island? What's the? Are you booked it in? Uh, Well, we're very close to booking the flights, but it's going to be the week after Easter because we figure we won't go Easter. Because that's when yep. everyone will be there. We'll go the the next week after that. So the plan would yep. be fly to Melbourne, get the eye in at the wave pool for a session or two. Oh, then, very good. Then Learn how to go slow enough. That's the tip from Trav. Like King Island, you're guaranteed to get pitted, but you're guaranteed to outrun. Outrun it. I definitely outrun a lot of barrels. When That first trip we did there, I think you and I had come straight from um, Lakey Peak. So we had paddle fitness. Because remember before Lakey Peak, we were paddling in the bay at Melbourne. I would go down after work at night and just paddle out to the shipping lanes. <laughs> just, just swimming between pylons, paddling between. There was some guy, I don't know, was he in a boat or something? Pulled up, he was like, you guys all right? We're just like <laughs> yeah, we a couple of hundred meters in, in the bay. I was like, yeah, man, we're good. We're going <laughs> what surfing. are you doing? We're paddling, we're, we're getting fit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were fit, you're right. So then we went to King Island and I was thinking like that was probably the... I don't know if it's the best I've ever surfed, but it's definitely the most surf fit I've ever been. I felt like I got quite a few barrels, um, but I think I outrun all of them. But um, we were there. The best strike um, strike mission surf trip that we've had, I reckon. You and I together, definitely. Like for... Fuck, we scored waves on there. And it was like a bit too westerly was the joke. But the when we got it and it wasn't quite on, it was fucking pumping. And I got... The best barrel to this day, this backhand barrel at least in my life, and it was uh, over frothed, which is pretty standard, uh, paddled out, and this is probably our third or fourth day surfing Martha, and I remember you guys are all on the hill putting wetties on, and I'm out there already, and this set comes, and <laughs> I could see this set coming. <laughs> yeah, classic. I'm out there, and and you're all everybody's just pointing south, like waving on the hill like south south like shooting arms i'm like all right i could see the set and i looked like i was a bit too north for it so i just started going and then i'd paddle over a wave and then look back and everyone was like next one next one like you could tell the next one we next one like, keep going coming. keep going oh, yeah. yeah so i just kept going and kept going and you you got to know if you don't know it, look up martha lavina because it's the best beachy in australia i reckon and Shh. these a-frame peaks just when, this is the barrier to entry, mate. You can tell everyone about it because no one's going to go there because no. they're too hard to figure out. Too hard, to, too cold. How to get there and yeah. yeah, all of the above. So it doesn't matter. This is the secret spot you can blow out. So the waves wrap around King Island from the north and the south and then they meet on the other side at Martha. So you've got one wave coming from the south, one wave coming from the north, meet together and just form this peak, this perfect A-frame. Anyway, the waves are going and then... I've paddled over three or four waves and then everyone's like, this is it, like, go, go, go. And I was nowhere near south enough for this peak, but it was probably, is it a solid six foot, probably bigger. Actually, it was definitely bigger because I remember standing inside this thing and I just went, I was like, oh, I'm too deep. I'm behind the peak, but everyone's watching. So it was one of those fuck it moments. I've got to go anyway because if I don't go, everyone's going to laugh at me. So I just put in took off 
the the peak literally threw like over my head so i was like expecting to just dive underneath the lip and you know like disappear and no one would see what had happened but as it threw i've like just perfectly got the board and grabbed the rail and then stood up and i was standing dead bolt upright in this like crazy backhand barrel that it was throwing miles out in front of me and because i was like you know we say you always outrun them i just went so fast made it all the way through this thing shot out onto the shoulder and because the wave had bent so far I like shot over the back of the, the like wave and was almost on the other wave coming out and just looked up at the crowd like everyone on the hill losing their shit and screaming i was like hands up it was one of those moments like that is to this day the best backhand barrel i've got and it witnessed by your mates and called into. Oh, there's no way I would have got it hadn't you everyone not been yeah, losing their shit. From up on the sand dune, you could see the wedges. Yeah, it's crazy. Do, do you remember that wave? Like, I do don't... you remember that? I think it was the afternoon. It wasn't even a morning. Like, I'll never forget it. <laughs> I know. Look, I don't have the all the because I I don't remember how many times we surfed it. And then I came back later that year and surfed it again. So it's all blurred in. I remember we surfed one big afternoon, and I just remember. Like it's not that big. It's probably three, four foot. But when it where the peak is, it's double that size. And I just remember being caught inside yeah. by like six waves, and just being absolutely fucking destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember catching a heap as well. And and even like some of the other waves we surfed on other parts of the island was um the the picture behind me at at the moment is one of the all times classic. I'll definitely post this on our Insta because yeah, post this it. shot. It's on my um, lounge room wall, just of, of us guys. There's an old ute. It looks like a Datsun or something that we'd um, acquired uh, to, for the surf trip. And there's this like crazy A-frame wave breaking in the background. It's not a, um, it's not Martha. It's on the other coast, on the west coast it's on the southwest of the island. So it gets, point of the island, yeah. Yeah, gets it's heaps not, as well. Not even a wave that you'd surf, I don't think, but it looks like. No, nah, there's like those death pillars like of of dolerite or something in it so you, like you cannot you couldn't surf it you would surely die and um just just there's just it's such a classic photo because um in in the picture we've got a flat tire and there's a couple of boys there there's like two tradies getting the job done changing the wheel there's like webster hand in pockets like these boys boys are better fit to uh do the job than me and he looks like a road worker and then there's you like analyzing the pop tire, like what's happened here? How's this? How is this tire broken? And then there's Trav, who's got his t-shirt around his head, and he's just like got a tin, and he's like, yeah, woo, yeah, you, just dancing yeah, around, I'm fucking here, <laughs> just dancing around. It's like everyone's fulfilling their characteristics and their role perfectly. It's um, yeah, get that that thing gets me frothing big time. So I'm devastated. I'm not coming. No, on this trip. it was a great trip, and look, it's not going anywhere, but. Yeah, it's going to be sick to go back there. I was talking to the, the boys we're going with, it's a, a Matt Gill, who was on the podcast from the Bitterman. I was like, oh, we should go down there and record an album. Because doesn't Eddie Vedder have a house there or something? Or he used to? Like, cause, I'm pretty sure Kelly's got a house. Yeah, didn't like he buy Kelly's the old dairy lady. up near Martha? Fuck, I don't know. I wonder if there I... was a sign on the hill. It was like, Kelly, who's she? Like, written in hay bales or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, anyway, it's going to be sick to get back there. Actually, flying down to Tassie, I looked out the window um, and saw this coastline that, you know, normally I look out and I know what I'm looking at. You know, most of the time, it's like, oh, we're, on, we're over Kosciuszko or yeah. we're coming over the Victorian 
boundary. But I was like, what is this? I've not, I don't recognize any of this. And it was Flinders Island. And it looked epic. So we probably need to put that on the list of places to get to as well. Well, that's that was on my list a while ago to paddle, to do the little um, sea kayak down there. It's like a four or five day trip down that. I'm thinking maybe like start with paddling the easy length of the peasy, Murray River four or, or something. Five day something trip. Easier. <laughs> I've heard some horror stories like of that trip, but um, I, yeah, look, it'd be cool. There's there's people that want to do it. You could you could sign up. Um, people, Trav, Dan, they'd want to do it, but um, one of um Scotty's mates paddled it on a rescue mail, like a paddle board, you know, on your knees, lay down paddling, and they had a tinny for support, but that's yeah. like. Loose. Zeb Walsh, he's an absolute fucking madman. One like the Molokai channel and stuff like that. I reckon, yeah. um, yeah, we should definitely have a chinwag to him about it. He'll, he'll be keen for a, for a mission. But um, like something else got me frothing. You you would have, like me, would have learnt to read the weather off a synoptic chart when you were young. And like, yep. I sent you a synoptic chart this week because like, there's some fucking weird stuff going on for summer. There's three real tight cyclonic lows getting around australia like one that danced from sydney across melbourne to adelaide and then back down to tassie yeah. and then like one that was uh this low that we had cyclone whatever was hanging out off um wa but it, it, it was supposed to go off the coast and give us north swell but it was a fucking hoax like it ended up tracking along the coast the whole time so that that like eastern edge of the low that you need to push swell south just just never eventuated so yeah, and absolutely. A, there was a cyclone on the east on coast it. as well, because that's yeah. And so you had the cyclone off the east coast, the cyclone off the west coast, and a crazy low sort of hovering in the bite or just above the bite, which is that was the weird yeah. part. That this time so of year, so strange. Yeah. Look. And then uh, two weeks before that, you had a huge south swell come around through Tassie, like a point swell, in yeah. the middle in of summer. summer. Like how often? Climate change is epic, like real good. Oh, fucking oath. <laughs> fuck yes. Like like the boys on um, the, was it the Ain't That Swell podcast? Like Jed yeah. rips in. He's just like fuck yeah, burn that. Go on, Scomo, burn that fucking coal, burn it to the ground. Keep burning <laughs> that coal. Yeah, keep burning. Burn your coal. plastic. Leave no trace, people. Fuck yeah. Climate change for Tassie's going to be sick. Tourism's going to be through the roof. Tassie's going to be the new Noosa. The points will be going off nonstop. It's he, fucking everybody wins. I think the only thing that doesn't win is the we might lose skiing in Australia. But what from what I've heard is that the global warming will eventually lead to a to a reversal and a big dip in temperature, and then we enter an ice age, and then we'll be skiing everywhere. So we, so we basically so, have let's say twenty odd years of pumping surf, but no skiing. And then after that, we get the ice age, and we're skiing all the peaks in Tassie and and all the mountains that you've looked at that would never get snow. <laughs> so it's probably like uh, more like a, a two thousand years, but you know someone's generation is going to thank us for two thousand years. Someone's yeah. going to be like, let's wait and see. Fuck huh? yeah, wait and see. WA is going to have shit skiing though. That's the, the mountains here suck. Like, yeah, there's no. a few good ones, but Cause, like, ta- not grouse. Tassie was already glacial, not that many thousands of years ago. Like 5,000 years ago yeah. or something? So all the mountains there were created by glaciers. So they're set up, ready for ski resorts. Basically, we just need this ice age to kick in. 
So we invest now. Start putting a few yes. tow ropes in, you reckon? I think so. Start get some land. Like, just get the land that's like the shittest land at the moment that no one's going to farm because it's too, too rocky, steep. too steep. It's just, it's crap. Like, you'd only put goats on it and start whacking in some infrastructure now. Yep. Like investing. And then that's, your kids, 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 kids will be running a ski resort. Absolutely. And I think if we're going to fast track Get, this ice age, I think I think it's coming in our lifetime. I think it's three cyclones reckon? at once this year. What's next year bring? <laughs> Last pumping year we had surf, the biggest fucking smell. bushfires of all time. So keep your eyes out. Some cool cool weather coming. You don't want too much undergrowth anyway for skiing. You want to keep the trees clear. So get those low hanging branches out of the way. So you hey, just on collapse. this... This is something that pissed me off, is, <clears throat> and I think it pissed you off too. So you're saying that cyclone was meant to bring Northwell, and the cyclone on the east coast, yeah. hit down here in Sydney, it was onshore every day, but there was a window of offshore on Sunday, and it was meant to be big swell. And every yeah. forecast said that. Sunday comes around, and it's fucking two foot. So the forecast was wrong. They like revised it the night before. And then the, the north swell that you're talking about never eventuated. So question is, nah. is there any accountability for weather forecasting? Because I don't think there is. Because that's the kind of shit someone should get fired for, in my opinion. The bomb. Who who signs off on the weather maps? That's a good point. Because that cyclone I watched, I called this a week out. We're going to have North Swell. I've been talking about it a lot. Uh, you heard me talking about it. I, I've been watching... Uh, <laughs> I was, I was just uh, had a rerun of Trump in my head, but yeah, mate, you're right. Well, this fucking yeah, this 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 cyclone was supposed to go offshore. I could have rearranged my plans. I could have flown to King Island for it, and yeah, it didn't go. It didn't even leave the coast. We got nothing. No, who is accountable for the weather forecast? I'd say no one. Like I, I don't know how many people they're drawing these maps. I'm assuming it's one bloke, and he doesn't know what he's doing, and there's no accountability. And they feed that news into all the news websites. So you don't watch Channel 10, 9, 7 and get different forecasts, do you? They're all getting the same information, aren't they? Yeah, pretty well. The maps are coming from the bottom. I mean, there's different computer models out there. Like a lot of the surf websites use different models, but still. Like if like my job is to forecast things and your job is to forecast things. It's our job. If you get it that wrong, like you're gone. Like you can't fuck up that badly in business. But these guys at the Bureau... They just It's because they got a monopoly on it. Exactly. They're throwing shit at the wall. Occasionally it sticks, usually it doesn't, and no one seems to call them out. But we we won't stand for it. We will call them out. It's the government, man. It's the government telling you what you want to hear because they're the ones paying for the data and it's their data. They can do what they want with it, interpret it as they want. Who are these meteorologists, though? Who are they? Like, who's studying it? I don't know. How many of them are there? It's fucking bullshit. I don't think they're studying it at all exactly. because there is no accountability. It's all about the forecast. You know what they don't they should show on the news? Instead of having the forecast of the week coming up, they need to have the, the postcast. It's like, well, we called for rain 15 mil on Thursday and we got two. So no, no, we but, were wrong there. But they should, they should have to say, okay, four days out, we called. So for, they should have to show each week what they said four days out for each day and what actually happened. So that we can yeah. track their accuracy. Yep. So we don't want to know what they yep. called the day before. We want to know what they called four days out. And then yes, well, you can look back it. and say, all right, you've been way out for the last two weeks. Who's been doing the forecasting this week? You're gone. And we bring in some young yep. blood and see how they go. Where's some accountability? Yeah. 
we just want accountability for it and I want choice. That's also on it. As a consumer, I want choice. I want to be able to take, you know, Andy's forecast, mm-hmm. Andy's interpretation of the data and I want to follow what Andy thinks happening. I don't want the consensus. I don't want to be fed this fucking high-level government bullshit. I've been fucking getting around Perth with a fucking mask on all week. I've been getting around with a fucking mask on because they forecast COVID and there's been none of it. And where's the accountability? I've pulled the fucking sewing machine out because I cannot wear these medical masks because they don't fit over my beard and they're wrong. And they're fucking wrong and they've been wrong about the weather for years and they're wrong about the... They're wrong about the fucking COVID. So... I'm with you on this, 100%. I think you should be able to pick your forecaster. And I think it's almost like following someone who gives you the tips on sports bet because they're as accurate as those guys, right? But Bang on. Just in their defense, I don't think they're forecasting the COVID forecast at the Bureau. <laughs> I think that's someone else. That's the epidemiologist. Well, Mark's getting some information from someone. Fuck those. They were fucking wrong as well. I don't know where your premier gets his information from. I'm pretty sure from out of his own head. He's a full-blown fuckwit. <laughs> What's his name? Mark who? Mark McGowan. I'll tell you what, though. I like how we've all... D- d- we're all now know who our yeah, who premiers, the premiers are. are. How do you say Gladys? What's her last name? Spell Gladys. Gladys. Berjiglion. I don't know what her last name is. Berjiglion? Crowjiglion? Yeah, Briarjiglion. Yeah, something like that. It's a national park. Do you, re- do you reckon right, everyone's getting behind their own Premier? Because I think the WA Premier, full-blown fuckwit. I think Daniel Andrews, mm, full-blown fuckwit. Queensland yep. Premier, she's a bit of a dickhead. But I think Gladys has done the best job out of anyone and has had the hardest Mate, job. No, no, all right. I'm, I agree with you. People are getting behind their own Premier because McGowan's approval rating through the roof. And to be honest, at the start of the week, I was like, five-day lockdown, I'm fucking on it. I'll, I'll work from home. I probably case, had a few though, shirts Do you realise they're anyway. taking your liberties for the sake of one case? It doesn't make any sense I, in any stretch of the imagination. I'm really torn on this because there was a novelty factor of it for the week of um, <laughs> of like, fuck yeah, week oh, at home, yeah. sick. Novelty COVID. This, Tell that to the freaking million dead <laughs> that you're enjoying your little COVID vacation little while they're fucking <laughs> dropping like flies in the UK. And WA's on their little COVID vacation. Ooh, we work I'll, from home. Maybe I'll brew some kombucha. Well, these poor old grannies the, in the UK are dropping like flies. I'll Maybe I'll cook some do, banana bread right. this week. Oh, it'll be fucking grand. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'll tell you what he did fucking, do, right? Apart from Melbourne, he's like, Dan Andrews is like, all right. You know, it was it Dan Andrews who was like, get on the beers, get on the beers. Or yeah, was that great um, song? That's Daniel. Yeah, Daniel Andrews. That's Daniel Andrews, right? So from Melbourne, is that he fucking called a lockdown on a Tuesday night at midnight. And like, what are you going to do? Of course, everybody went out and went mental and like ran around and did their last shit. But but um, our boy Marcus, Marcus called 6 p.m. Sunday. So it's been thrown out in the news and it's you've got a few hours. Everybody get to work, grab your laptops. You're working from home Monday. We're shutting the place down. There was no time for the pub to be open. And granted, I was at the pub until 4 p.m. on said day. But... I reckon he did a fucking good job of calling it at 6 p.m. We've learnt, you know. We know people are going to get fucked up, fucked up and, yeah. and go and, you know, de- change their Tinder status to, you know, uh, cohabitor wanted for the next five days. Please apply within half an hour. Is that what you did? <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah. Like, Straight uh, to the date. But 
6 p.m. on a Sunday, that's like, that's when the Sunday session's really starting to hit its straps. It's genius. He needed to fucking nip it in the bud, as yeah. uh, they say, as in the, in the bud. And he nipped it well. I thought that people freaked out and went and bought toilet paper. Like fucking... Oh, you got to buy the toilet paper. That's that's the one thing I'd say to our listeners. If you hear any rumour of anything to do with COVID, even if it's in another country, just get down the shops and buy as much toilet paper as you can. Like, you have to. It's your duty as a citizen of this country to fucking buy toilet paper. Even if it's not COVID, even if you hear like, oh, a helicopter guy overhead, just get down to the shop and get, get that TP. Because who knows? Who knows when you're going to be able to get it? Are you going to be able to get it tomorrow? I mean, the evidence is that yes, you are. Every, you know, it's always there, <laughs> but you never know. So just get down there and buy it up. You know, you hear a car oh, crash in the it. street, get down there, buy the TP. Fill the spare room. It'd make a good bed. You could put it under the mattress, you know. Just that's, a, that's not a bad shout. Just build yourself a bed out of toilet rolls. You know, you're never going to run out. When it kicked off in Sydney in December, people did the... Uh, the panic buy and, and cleared out the toilet paper but the supermarkets were ready this time and then it was just like chock a block the next day there was like pallets of it on the floor and then people were done like there was pallets on the floor for the week it's like oh so i don't know if maybe perth wasn't quite ready ready for that it's crazy behavior like not to have especially in perth because we are a state that didn't have woolies and coals open on a sunday until three or four years ago yeah yeah like we we know how to prep like people buy shit for the week like woolies closed at 5 p.m when i first moved here like how the fuck when the fuck do you go to woolies like uh, this is this is a state that has trophy wives for wives like you yet your wife doesn't work she shops during the day because otherwise you're not eating like it's in it's perpetuating (laughs) oh dear it's ridiculous, but we've come around. So people don't forget um, your past. Shop for a few more days. Yeah, not just not just weekend. And have a clean diet and and do the clean snap technique. Lean forward, push, snap back up, get the clean break. You don't need toilet paper. When in doubt, down to North Beach at low tide. Just get the old the low tide uh, low tide turd. You know, you let it go, let that stuff disappear. Little, um, you know, natural salt, uh, what's it called, bidet? The old salt bidet as the mm-hmm. water splashes up the rocks and just catches you up the cooter. Um, let that shit wash out, drain out to sea and someone else's problem. Yeah, indeed. Got any more bar snacks, Was or do you want to <laughs> wind this up? <laughs> Don't know what happened there. Um, yeah, I can, I can, I've got a positive one for you, actually. I... Um, uh, in a purchasing spree around Christmas time when you're supposed to be buying other people gifts, I um, got myself a Surf Mag subscription ooh, to... Ooh. Yeah. Uh, which I've, I don't know where it is. I can't remember. It's uh, Surfing World. Surfing I'm pretty World. sure it's Surfing World. Which has been that's taken over by Sean Doherty and John Frank recently. Yeah. That's the man. Yeah. So I got myself a um, subscription and the first issue just arrived in the mail. And, mate, it is it's it's a massive pleasure to have surf mags because growing up in that era, like I wonder what the kids are doing these days with, you know, we had surf TikTok. pictures. You would cut the ads out like of, of magazines and you stuck the ads up on your wall. Like that's not, in, to, to think that there's no appetite for advertising in print anymore. 
because that's what keeps mags turning over, mm. is insane. But uh, according to 20 of these guys, there's there's an appetite for it and people are going to buy the mags, but people want to advertise in it because they're basically printing posters and well, the, the ads are sick in it. Um, coming up, the stories are sick. It's real local, bit of bushfire chat from last year. It's... Um, the photos yeah, mate, fucking on cool. the paper. It's oh. different as well. Yeah. Have you got it? Have you seen them? I haven't, no, but... Um, like I was thinking about, uh, you know, why do they need to advertise? Because like, if you subscribe to YouTube or Netflix, they take the ads out. So if people are subscribing, you should just pay for it. But um, they, they need to advertise because the, the you've got to put all the money up front, right? So you print a mag and hope that it sells. And if it doesn't sell, but if then people you are don't subs- get paid for it. You just do a subscription. Fucked. Well, yeah, and then you got to have certain amount of subscribers. But I don't. Did you subscribe or did you buy the help. magazine? No, I subscribed. I signed up for twelve man, months. Man. I'm, I'm in, and it's yeah, it was fucking cool to have a mag in my hand again. Throw it around on the couch, and like, I just remember like whenever you go on a surf trip, there's always mags in the car or someone's yeah. house. Like that's what you flip through. Well, that's it's, at my it's cool. back in Tassie at my parents' place. I've got like crates of them. It's like, what do yeah. you want to do with these? I'm saying, yeah, I don't know. But I remember like when we were like 18, 19, would go down to my mate's house at Clifton Beach and his dad had this big old surf magazine collection. So you'd sit there flipping through it. And how sick was that to like sit, flick through the old surf mags? I don't know if the kids, because yeah. I think, oh, I've got all these old surf mags. Maybe my future kids would want to flick through them. But I don't even know if they'd appreciate it. I reckon you're about five years off them being really fucking cool again because yeah. if print media is coming back, like it's been through that down cycle of no appetite for advertising. Everybody's this addicted to this new exciting thing on your phone. But you look at a, a, a picture on Instagram and you froth on it and you get excited about it, but you can't like keep your own catalog of it. Like you can't have something to go back to. It's not yeah. there to show your mates easily and it's not consumable when you're not, you know in your own world with a phone like where you just you go on camp or something when you got to red bluff the um the little shack there where they have yeah coffee and, and a few snacks they had heaps of surf mags in there and that that like got fired fired me up again remembering it. i think maybe uh i was just thinking in. my my mate timmy hoochman who's a loves snowboarding when you go to his toilet he's got a stack of old snowboard mags next to the toilet and that's the best like you don't need to take your phone into that toilet. You just, you know, find one in the stack and flick through. Spend some quality time. The other Stick thing, a pile under each foot, get the knees high, yeah, you know, get, in the yeah. correct uh, poo stool position. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was listening to, I think it was a Surf Splendor podcast, and they were talking to uh, Vaughn Blakey from Ain't That Swell, but he was saying like the, you know, there's been some crazy shit going on surfing lately like that pete mel wave at mavericks um and some oh big swells in hawaii and and there's been a whole bunch of big swells and crazy waves ridden he's like it it's only fitting that those images shot should find their their way into a, a surf mag and for yep. the exact reason that you just said is that so that they're sort of captured in time and that you can go back and look at them and rather than just being a quick quick scroll on on Instagram, quick consume like or the, move so on. That Pete Mel wave is the craziest Mavericks wave ever surfed. 
You see it? E- easily. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, I watched it over and over and over. Like, yeah. And then listening to him on um, one of the potties talking about it as well. But yeah, it's in. It's a line he's been talking about. Kind of, he talked about it like a ski line, right? Like he envisioned the line. He'd seen it. It needed the right conditions to get into, yeah. much like a ski line. Yeah. And then you had to put yourself in the right spot to be there. And and he did. And he'd sat out there for ages. And the the right wave came with the right yep. swell with the right little chip in but you know n- normally people are just shoulder hopping it because that's where you sit you you can't yeah because he took take off, off on so, the peak, right that's interesting like so, analogy of the ski line because you yeah i want to ski that but you got to wait for the right snow conditions but at least with the ski line yeah. then it's then it's there i guess you can you can fall over at the yeah. top and tumble down but, but you just wait for the daylight and you got to, then you ski it. Yeah, yeah. But, the, but he had to like wait for that one wave in that one spot and then fuck knows how he pulled it all together because it looked easy, but yeah, it was mental. But imagine looking at that. I, I think back to, to um, Taylor Knox at Todos Santos. I think that's in Mexico, is it? Yeah. There was a wave uh, early 2000s, maybe 2000 or 99 or something. Yeah, it's probably 20 like, years ago. I remember that wave because it was a, at that time it was one of the big biggest paddling waves and you know it was it, it was huge but i had that poster on my wall yeah like I, I stuck it up there and i looked at it for five years after that and that like you said that's what well that's right imagine this sort of shit the shit surfing is. world that comes out with these photos is double page spreads because there was also that outer reef on the north shore that big left that they were surfing did you see that footage just no nah. the oh I'll send you some the biggest cleanest left barrels you've ever seen like stupid oh it looked like um yeah it looked like, it looked like uh, cloud break, cloud break yeah. but it wasn't cloud break yeah 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 yep. another one yeah anyway so it's good surfing world's still doing it or oh, most of the magazines went off went out of business last year surfing world's still doing it. i think tracks is still going as well 50 500th issue is it i, I think know. just came out i know mate I, do yourself a favor sign up get get a subscription and i reckon you should get tracks and i'll I don't know. It doesn't matter. You're I'm rich, rich mate, I can these do days. it. Remember we had this conversation <laughs> like we're adults? It's we like, any kids. It's like we're, four beers, mate. We're rich it's as. It's literally a round at the pub. Just I'm going to sign up it. to Surfing World magazine, I will. The only problem no, is... No, don't, don't sign up. Get, get tracks because then we can do a swapsies. Yeah, but we live in the wrong part of the country to do that. I'll cut that last bit out. <laughs> I think that's it. Was... That's episode 49, so that means our next episode is episode 50. We'll have to try and do something special. We're definitely due for a guest. I've got lots of guests, um, potentials here. It's just a matter of actually sorting it out, um, which became difficult this week. We could do a highlights episode, but that would be really hard to do. A what? Highlights episode. Oh, yeah? What, you just just cut in bits from previous episodes? Yeah, you know, like a TV show would like... After a oh, few yeah. seasons, they talk twenty about to one. Then they throw to the. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> we said as the hundredth episode that we'll release the pilot that we did yeah. um, back in the day, but that that's not ready for a fiftieth. I reckon at the hundredth episode, 100. I'll stick to that. We'll, who, who we'll release first, the pilot. Ep- Who's our first guest? We could try and get our first ever guest back. The Slatterpuss called up um, inadvertently. Yeah, he he was our first guest on the pilot episode because he just. We were figuring out that um, you got to turn your phone on silent. So I answered the phone live on the on the pilot episode, and we had a quick chat to Slats. So technically the first guest, but the first published guest, uh, I don't know. Oh, Marty Littlewood. Martin Littlewood. Yeah. 
Yeah. Does he ever go to Perth? <laughs> nah, we'll be down. I have to go see him in Mugs. He, he doesn't own a mobile phone. He, uh, <laughs> oh, you got to find him at the point um, in the afternoons. He'll be there with his eight foot ten board. The next one after Just that was um, Harry from Fight to Fork, but I think we've heard enough of him. We'll have to um, once a year. <laughs> We we'll have to go and actually do his Ash Nelson. Can we get Ash Nelson back? She was the next one. There's been plenty of good guests on the Turgid Times episode. Even a few doctors from the US of A. See how Biden's keeping his shit together. Yep, yep. Are uh, you picking a tune to play us out tonight? Yeah, I've got a I've got a tune here, um, which actually came to mind this week because it was very apocalyptic in Perth um, we had bushfires that were, were ignited on the same Sunday that the uh, mask wearing COVID lockdown was also ignited so that week after work on Monday I went for a walk around Lake Munger um, just to do my hour of exercise and it was pretty apocalyptic like the whole of Perth was just raining ash it was dark skies it was still, it was humid, it was very strange. Everyone's walking around in masks. I never noticed people's eyes so much before. It was kind of freaky. And um, on one of the playlists, actually, I think this, you told me, because I couldn't figure out where I got it from, but um, from Gilly, put this song on a playlist for us. It's by a band called Stick Figure, uh, and it's called, was it World on Fire? It's called World on Fire. Which is quite appropriate. But it's very cool. It reminded me um, a bit of the Bedouin Sound Clash days, but I think they're a lot better than Bedouin Sound Clash. I think Bedouin Sound Clash was just cool because I was real high when I saw them. Bedouin, Bedouin Sound Clash have got their uh, they've got their own thing going on. But yeah, no, Stick Figure is sick. They're kind of like this uh, sublimey, like psychedelic reggae style thing. But um, yeah, I, like me and I like Matt it, it, have been listening to them. Ask the question. Yeah, sorry, go on. No, I don't know. Like, I don't know how we started listening to him. I think Dave Grimes might have found it because he finds random shit. But no one listens to these guys in Australia, and they should because this is one of many awesome songs. Breaking Ground. It's on repeat, and I like that it is, it's asking the question, and it really had me asking questions this week. Who set the world on fire? Was it Mark? Was it someone in Wuhan that ate a bat? Was it... Some arsonist. Did you see the, the Batuta government? Advocate? Perth currently receiving condensed version of last year, like bushfires and coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, and then we got a cyclone the day after. <laughs> it was like, oh yeah, it was all happening. This sounds legit. Carnarvon's flooding. They got like <laughs> worst floods in twenty years. Yeah, it's all all uh, a crazy time. Um, anyway, is it time to get out of here? Thanks for catching up, man. No Many worries. froths. A lot of froth. With- I think I said, merch is going out to the people. Yep. Merch, Things are happening. Link in the thing. Um, we said we weren't going to go too long tonight, but I don't know why we bother saying that stuff. <laughs> I remember when we said we weren't going to go for an hour. <laughs> yeah. You can listen or not listen, but you're still listening. So we appreciate you. And this is Stick Figure World on Fire. Hooroo. Hooroo, mate. You know, I find that all my friends, or the ones that listen to this, all say hooroo hey, to me on the phone now. When they say it, it's like, ah, listen. So they listen. <laughs> yeah, I got you, could you? Of course.